Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people. Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Mr. Christopher. Greer. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? I've been quite busy, man. I've been uh, I've been making a website oh. uh, for a community project. Um, yeah, Is it fun. your OnlyFans? <laughs> OnlyFans. Yeah, only <laughs> that's that. Why am I not calling a show that? OnlyFans. Oh, that would be good. Oh, I've got to do that. Right. Okay. okay. Brilliant. That's going in there. That's, <laughs> that, that's up there with all that and Fensum. That, that's a goodie. That yeah, is a goodie. Good... Uh, you've also been talking to people to get us a potential show to do a kind of a 90s pop collaborating and listen pop quiz at Brighton Fringe oh yes man this is the big yeah. this is the big announcement might yes. be happening the, I mean it is happening 2024 pop collaborate and listen the live show it's going to mm. be a live interactive version of our quiz it's going to be about 90s music and I'd love to tell you more details, but we haven't thought yeah. it up here. We've got we've got we've got a name, we've got a place. It's going to be coming to you in Brighton Fringe in May of next year. Yeah. Uh, I hope some people that don't live too far away can uh, get down and see it. If you do live far away and you want to travel down, I wouldn't. It's probably not going to be worth uh, it. To be honest, no, 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 no. Not, not for I'd this. feel guilty. Yeah. yeah, we might podcast them. I'm not sure. We'll see. No, that's true. We can yeah, record it and stick it out. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We've got quite high standards it's on these live stream. This shit. We don't just bullshit this our way through this this, <laughs> no. is, this is all very 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 important stuff god no god no uh, right. okay but that's all down the road that's next year but for now bringing us back to our favorite joke about a uh, a dwarf uh with a car that's broken down uh-huh. uh it looks like we've blown a seal oh right there yeah. we are anyway there uh, it is. no here we are again we've this is our second time we're back in seal territory we are this yeah. is for his second album also called seal as the yeah. first one was uh, I don't think I'd ever realised that before, that he's done two eponymous albums, one after the other. Yeah, and the, well, because I had always assumed this was actually officially called Seal 2, because that's all I've ever seen it referred to. Um, so yeah, I just always assumed it was. But no, it is just called Seal. It's not just another self-titled. In the same way as all the different coloured Weezer albums are just called Weezer, Yeah, I guess it's like that. Yeah, yeah. And at least with Weezer, they do have, right, oh, that's the blue one, that's the green one, that's the red one. Yeah. This is another... Oh, this, this is the one with seal on the front. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait. Yeah. Like the first one. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a pretentious move, if I'm honest. Oh, I think... Well, yes. I, I mean, I, it, it just is. You're correct. It really is. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, this is uh, this Seal's second album, which came out in May of 1994 and went to number one in the UK for two weeks. So it's not just a one-weeker this time. Mm-hmm. There's a good few of those. This is a two weeks at number one. And because the first one, which we already covered, mm-hmm. if you've not heard that episode... Feel free to go and have a listen, see what we reckon about that. I mean, spoilers, lukewarm. Yeah, it was all right. It was a big hit, and it introduced him to the world in a very big way. And so there was a lot of expectation for this new album. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways he was... You know, he was the the British soul singer of the early 90s. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. 
Indeed. Um, but when it, it came out, 94, are you aware of it? I mean, I was aware that Seal existed. I knew who yeah. Seal was. Yeah. I knew that this album was out there. It was in record shops in quite prominent positions. Yeah. Um, I would not. I've had any interest Didn't get in shit. listening to it. You weren't waiting for it, really excited. No. Oh, I hope this is good. No. I'm the same. And in fact, I was probably pretty negative towards it. I was going, oh, fuck it. I don't oh, care. Oh, yeah, no, I would have been as well. I this would have been do... dinner party. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, and I fucking loved Killer, the mm-hmm. Adamski Killer song. Loved that. I really enjoyed a couple of the singles off the first uh, album whenever they came out. I really liked those, yeah. but I didn't investigate the first album at the time. It very much felt like Seal had been co- had been like adopted by by people that I didn't think were particularly cool. Very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the the, the cover of this one is is similar but different. So that's the only way we can tell them apart. Well, I mean, I say this is. Yeah, I mean, this is quite an in terms of iconic photos of Seal. This is probably. The most iconic. No, that is true. Yes, this the the uh, kind of it's him uh, sort of kneeling down, head down, with his arms up. He looks like a well, a coil that you get. Yeah, fitted. it looks like kind of like a yoga pose for yeah. advanced practitioners. But you're right that it did become kind of his symbol or whatever. That's that was his yeah. emblem for a little it, while. You know, it's kind of in these ebony black tones, mm-hmm. it's highly reflective. It's you know, it's oh, it's like an know, art it, print. Yeah, and it's you know it's, it's a you know it's a it's a powerful image you know and you know it's a powerful image of of a black man which has mm-hmm. some cultural cachet. Indeed, uh, I think this is actually a very good album cover. I think this is okay, a really, yeah. I think it's a very good striking image of an album cover. You know, I, I look at that and you know what it is straight away. Mm-hmm. I think it's again the word iconic is desperately overused in mm. culture at the moment but this is quite an iconic album cover i think it's head and shoulders above the the first album cover of his and i think as it stands alone without anything to do with the music i think this is a good piece of artwork that looks great on a record shelf uh, yeah no, it, it, it does i think if it wasn't uh, known as an album cover it would be the sort of thing that you would see on an athena poster athena there's there's yeah. the 90s there for you. you go there's yeah. the 90s and so like the previous album, this one was also produced by Trevor Horn, yeah, um, who was a member of like the Buggles and Art of Noise, mm-hmm. and had produced people like Pet Shop Boys, uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, that sort of band in the eighties, and then through the nineties, he was you know he wasn't as active, but he yeah. was still a very well respected producer, yeah, especially in the the pop sheen versions of things. Yeah, went on to work with Robbie Williams in his album after he stopped working with Garrett Kai Chambers. There you go. Says the man not in any way revealing that he's watched those Robbie Williams documentaries this week. Oh, is that, oh did you? I see. Right. Um, uh, entertaining. Worth watch. Uh, also, like the previous album, it features Anne Dudley, who's also Exile of Noise mm-hmm. on so much. She's like a musician. Um, but there's fucking tons of musicians. Oh, there's, there's, there's loads. Amp Fiddler, Wendy and Lisa. Wendy and Lisa. Wendy and Lisa. I know. Man. I mean, it, it looks like they were on one song on the debut, mm-hmm. but just kind of background singers they've actually got some writing credits on this one and they, they're much more in, in the front and on some of them um but yeah there's there's one of the principal musicians is a keyboardist called and i'm gonna pronounce this wrong it's jamie muhoberak muhoberak who knows who apparently is a currently a touring member of my chemical romance fair enough there you go uh, so he's on, he's on keyboards, but yeah, there's William Orbit's in there. Our friend Pino Palladino, oh, good old Pino, keep on seeing crop one up of my on favourite wines. <laughs> uh, uh, Jeff Beck's on there. There's, yeah, loads of people. Well, because anyway. Seal had been on Jeff Beck's album in the interim. Oh, is that what it? Yeah. Oh, so we knew him that way. Mm-hmm. I get you. Right, fine. Okay. Well, anyway, there you go. So lots of kind of names. It's it's a big 
ensemble team for this. It um, certainly is. I guess it's maybe a step up from the first album in that way. Um, he's able to go, I want loads of different people. I want these session guys. I want this person on this one, this one. There's lots and lots of people. But the first record's done some business, you know, it and, does, it's, yeah. and it's, you know, it's done enough business to get the, the second one straight in at number one, essentially. Straight number one. Straight um, number one. Without, you know, without a huge lead single as well, it's got to be said. Yeah, yep. Okay, so yeah, that's, that's where I was on this anyway. I was not particularly excited. Uh, and this is very much the first time I've heard this full album. Oh, yeah, me too. Right. Me too. Fine. Okay. All right, well, shall we just crack on into the songs, Em? Yeah, let's do it. This is one's called Bring It On. And that sounds like a, like a big start for a record. Yeah. Bring it on! He's shouting at us. Okay, well, let's address this straight away. Yep. What we're hearing sounds like a breakdown from crazy. It absolutely does. Uh, this is so close yeah. to some of the work. If, if it just had the... Yeah. It would be the same backing. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, I think Crazy's a great tune. I don't think this is. Oh, right. I do like this. I, I, I like this. I don't like, the, I don't like this distortion on his voice at all. Oh, okay. Yeah? I don't, I don't, I don't like this lazy break beat. Right. I don't like this kind of like overhit uh, bass on air. This, uh, yeah, this is relentlessly dull to me. Oh right. No, you see, I do like this. I think this is a good first track. Oh okay. Uh, and it, I mean, it very much reminds me of Crazy. Uh, right. Like that was the first thing I thought of as well. Um, but in a, in a good way for me, it, it makes me think that I guess maybe. They, they did that because you're like, oh, well, if you like the first album, you're going to like this because here we are. Here's more of this. And so it's an easy introduction or I just, something. There's just no tune to it, though. There's I, like, yeah, I don't know. I think, this, is I the think cor- right. this is the chorus. Oh, sure. But no, I don't think there is a chorus to this song. I think it is a, a kind of a feel of a song. I'm like, Wendy and Lisa wrote on this. What's a, what's a waste of talent? No, the, the, this is one they've got their names on. Yeah. I, you see, I think this is quite funky. I think the bass line is pretty decent on this. I think that um, with the big beat, it's 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 not exactly forward-looking in 1994 at that point, but I think it does work. I like the keys. I like the the little synth bits. No, I don't like anything about this. Right. I don't, oh, I don't really, I, yeah, I really don't like this. All right. I, see, I've got this down as really good. Um, I think it's a very good way to kick things off. There is a line, um, which I'm not sure about. It says, in terms of that funky place where you and I were born. Yeah. You know, he was born in Paddington yeah. in London. I don't have that on my list of funky places. Well, you know. You... I could be wrong. No. I don't know. If, you know, if I were going for places that would remind me of funk, I would be going for um, the funky John Merseyside uh, or Herbie Hancock Fosters. Wow. Or Funk of Delaware. I'm pretty upset that you've put time and thought into or this. Or Sly and the Family Stonehenge, maybe. Okay. Those are funky places to me. Paddington, not so much. Okay. Yeah. I, so th- this bit I'm not sure about this little backing bit which rubbish. is similarly that's Wendy and Lisa yeah, yeah. they've written that for themselves mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm not keen on that but no I think there's a swagger to this I do think this is alright I think this is yeah, this is di- not this... a dinner party nonsense oh right that's, that's, that's unfortunate because if that's the first impression you're getting of the album and you're already like fuck this that's I'm very that's much a... very much fuck this on the first track yeah right it's the shortest song on the whole album it's, doesn't that's feel good. like it three, anyway. minute, 3 minutes 57 but it does have a brutal fade out at the end like they've just gone alright shall we just stop yeah yeah maybe that uh, let me let me skip to the the, the first good idea the last, <laughs> the last bit of the song here yeah, it's just, here we go we've only got five seconds left of this that we could just carry on shall we shall we stop properly oh no just turn the music off 
Yeah. I haven't touched the volume on that. Oh, I know. That's that. Okay, well, that's that's interesting. I thought you were going to like that. No, I did not like I that. Think you I did, did not, not I like did not that. care for that. Hmm. All right. Fine, fine, fine. Okay, well, then we'll go on to number two, which is Prayer for the Dying. Yeah. And it was the first single. Yes. Right, so this is the one that the kind of we first heard anything from the album. And it was the single in May of 94 as well. So it was just before the album. It only got to number 14 in the UK charts. Yeah. So it's not like it was a huge hit. Top 20. Yeah. Uh, fine. That's still a lot of units, you know, let's oh, indeed. In that, 94, you know? it, yes, absolutely. A little bit of a uh, kind of flamenco guitar there. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, not, it's not a bad little riff, that, is it? It's fine. I mean... This song is 5 minutes 30 long. There is a radio edit. The single version is 4 minutes 10, which makes a lot more sense because there's a lot of fluff, I feel, at the beginning of this song yeah. before anything kicks off. But yeah, we've got the little guitar like this just happened. Here's Seal, and he's sounding very smooth here. Yeah. I mean... He does sound smooth here. Mm-hmm. This song feels relentlessly overproduced to me. Really? Yeah. And there's just not enough of a song in it. It feels like they're trying really hard to claw a song out of this. The the vocal Uh is just laconic to the point of bored. Okay. I think. Right, yeah. And it just kind of meanders along. I mean, you've got this chorus here. Yeah. But you kind of... I, I think you kind of do have to listen out for the changes in this almost. Oh, know? I see. I see. I think the chorus is great on this song. I think it's such a big uplift. I do. I really like the chorus. I think the verse is a bit wishy-washy. So, you know, I don't know. I just think this is quite homogenous. I guess is the word I'm. Yeah. Uh, towards the back end of this track, the production starts to kind of swell a bit. Yeah. But it, it doesn't feel that organic to me it doesn't feel like the song has asked for it or deserved it or grown it feels like they've just gone well this ain't doing much let's just ramp oh, up the to, production you need to put something else in yeah right well I mean I guess there's every possibility that Trevor Horn loves you know doing so much in a song yeah so there's every possibility that he had to hold himself back for a little while yeah. because you can't chuck it all at the start yeah and he's had to just feed it through okay maybe so but I honestly I, I, I also I do remember this from the time do you remember it from when it was out uh, no right I, well, coming back to it I'm like oh yeah this song I remember it and I remember being entirely unimpressed yeah. at the time now I think that chorus is really good I, I'm I, I'm I've got to say I'm quite surprised by how far apart we are on this because I think mm. I just think that's like just fucking dishwater I see I think it's, I think it's so dull no I, I, I got into this one I did, and I, I think I would always take the single edit over this five mm-hmm. minutes thirty album version. But I think this is a worthy single. I really think this is a goodie. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, okay, not that bass sound or that piano. That's that, that, that's pretty soul. It's very very naff. Yeah, I mean, this is. I mean, that's the sort of thing you could imagine Kenny Thomas having to do some yeah. shit, shit soul. But no, that the chorus. Lifts this up for me. Yeah. Um, apparently, when introducing the song in concert, Seal has said he wrote it after having a few run-ins with death himself. 
Um, it's called Prayer for the Dying. Yeah. Um, but he said that ended up being a good thing because it made him confront his worst fears. Um, but then I've also seen that he wrote it for uh, a friend of his who was dying from HIV. Yeah. Um, and that would make sense because I think in the previous year he had contributed a song to the Red Hot and Dance yep. album or a remix of something. Yeah. So I'm guessing he was involved uh, with that too. And so maybe that's why he wrote sure. this particularly. Um I mean, there is a lot of production on here, and one thing I did think of production-wise is that it shows a move away from the first album, because I think the first album was more electronic and dance-orientated. Yeah, where and this is this is very it's more authentic. You know, we're keeping it real, that sort of stuff. I don't even think it sounds authentic. They make it it, it it kind of plays into for me. It hits that level of just dull. Kind of, I, I, this, this kind of, it's, it's not quite M people. Right? I'm not saying it's M people, right? Because that is, yeah, uh, a hard statement for but, anybody, you know. But I mean, if I was saying, is this more akin to Shade mm. or Elita Adams? Do you know what I mean? Okay, I'm, yeah. You know, I know which way I'm going. This, you know, I've always thought Seal seemed like quite a cool individual. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but I get none of that cool from this record it just sounds he doesn't sound bothered for a lot of this yeah and that's a problem right because the whole thing just feels like it's got this sheen of affected cool where they're so confident in being cool they just haven't bothered to make it sound any good and i don't i don't think these melodies are strong enough i don't think the songs are strong enough i don't think the i don't think the structure's are good and I don't like a lot of the production so far. So wow, okay, right. Well, in the production is definitely what we've heard so far is definitely the overriding feel of of the whole album. So I suspect you might be in trouble on this one. Oh, I don't think it's me that's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, well, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm two for two. Yeah, yeah, I'm two for two on uh, these first two see, songs. I, I do not like that at all. Gosh, I didn't think we were going to be this uh, uh, divergent. Well, let's see if you. Turn that around with song number three, Dreaming in Metaphors. Okay. Dreaming in Metaphors. There's a fucking title. Right, so we've got drums and a little bit of bass going on. I mean, to me, this is very dull. This is wine bar, lounge jazz. I've written this is unforgivably plodding and earnest. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, this is... And again, I don't know the British soul scene well. You know, at the early 90s, I wasn't into it at the time and I haven't gone back and it's not my thing. But whenever I think of those fucking worthy types doing that music, this is the sort of thing I imagine them pl- uh, churning out. Look, man, I, you know, the, the whole concept is why must we dream in metaphors? Well, kind of the fucking nature of dreams, mate. Yeah. What, do you, what, do you, what do you want? A fucking, I mean, what do you want? A, a notation of the day? Uh-huh. I don't know, right? Uh this just smells like a vicious waste of talent. This this album, by this point, on multiple listens, mm-hmm. was starting to piss me off. And what I would describe as a very second Christians album. Why? Oh God! Oh, that's a that's that's one of the strongest things you can say in terms of this podcast. Wow! Fuck me. Yeah, I I, I have not enjoyed a note of this record so far, and this yeah. al- and this is and this is easily the worst of the first three songs I mean on that I agree because I think this is a bad song yeah. I do think this is bad I, I think this one 
they have gone for a feel uh, and forgotten to write a tune. And I know you've said that for other ones yeah. as well. But for me, I think this is the, the absolute. Uh, you know, yeah, this is that. This is like what would. What, what would a Luther Vandross song that was no fun at all sound like? Oh, Jesus, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think this is shite. I think this is a shame that they've done it. And also, like, you're commenting on why do we dream in metaphors is the thing, right? It made me... Here you go. It made me think. Um, oh, okay, well, 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 well first, done. <laughs> um, when you dream, and I genuinely am like, I'm asking this, and I've not looked anything up. Whenever you see films of people dreaming, they wake up yeah. from an event that happened to them and they wake up just in time or whatever, yeah. just before the, the house fell down. I'm now thinking, I don't know if I've ever dreamt of an actual event that happened to me, like an actual situation and it's played out as it happened. I've, you know, my dreams involve people I know and places I've been in yeah. and situations I've been in. I don't think I've ever dreamed of something that actually happened. No, I don't think I've seen that watched. I've, so I've been do in you not? horrific. I mean, yeah, I think we dream in metaphors. I think oh, there yeah. are, you know, well, I, I think I'm, I think metaphor might even be the wrong word. Yeah. The, the, sim, just, the symbolism in dreams. Symbols and scenes, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know, all the TV tropes and the film tropes, you're like, oh, you wake up sweating from a dream because it's been the exact same thing that happened to you in yeah. a traumatic time. Or you're just like, oh, I can dream this and I, I can see what I should have missed or what I missed the first time. Whatever. I don't think that happens. Well, I mean, happen? I, th- I, don't, I think that contradicts the nature of because as soon as you start recognizing a pattern, because mm. you've got your conscious brain in there, your brain would go, "This has happened before. This is a dream," and mm. then you're outside of the dream. Oh, see. Do you know what I mean? Because like, maybe so. Because yeah. there's always a, you're, you're, and, and whether it's a, a whether it's how deeply you're sleeping, whatever it is, I, I do not know the psychology mm. of dreams and where it is in the rhythm, whatever. Uh, but you know, there is a point, isn't there, in a dream where all of a sudden you like your conscious brain identifies. Oh, this is a dream. Okay, and I th- I think that if it was the absolute repetition of something I'd lived through before, mm. my brain went, "That's a memory." Right. Oh, this isn't just happening again. This is a dream. Perhaps. That's that's how that would work for Perhaps. me. Perhaps yeah. I don't know, but no, it just it, it made me think of something I'd never thought of before because I was just taking it as read. You know, you see all these things, yeah. and you go, "Oh yeah, sure, you you dream your own memories," and then I'm like. No, wait, hold on. I don't think I do. But also, when you shoot at a car, it doesn't always make the, the, uh, it, the it doesn't the explode. explode. No, fucking right. Films. Let's do the next track anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm fine with leaving that. That that has literally just gone on underneath us. Yeah, and I mean, it's past me, and it's still got a minute left to go. And that that could have been any of the first three tracks. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway, so the next one is called oh, "Okay." Don't cry. Don't cry. Strictly speaking, the third track of this name that we have reviewed on this podcast is it. Yes. Well, the other ones. Don't cry, Guns N' Roses, Absolute oh, yes, Destruction course, 1, right. and Don't Cry on Usual Illusion 2, because they recorded two different versions of it. Oh, right. <laughs> I see. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, well, here we go. Seals don't cry. Okay, so we've got a lot, a lot of ambient noise, Indeed. and Seal is saying baby too often. Right, and yeah, this is the longest song on the album, I think, over mm-hmm. six minutes, and it was... It was Officially, the final single because it was re-released as a double A side with "Prayer for the Dying" okay. after the, the it got the album got uh, kind of bigger. So it was the final single in December of '95. It only got to number fifty-one. Yep. All right. So yeah, I'm I'm looking at this going. Oh, I hope this deserves six and a half minutes, uh, especially because it's ninety seconds before we get to past this kind of intro thing. Yeah. 
Are you still saying baby a lot? He's not saying baby an awful lot, but yeah, you, I'm, I am going fucking ramp this shit up. It better go. Uh, that'll be all right. Oh, okay. oh no, we're going in a very, very nineties ballad territory. Yes, we are. Yeah, no, this is yeah definitely yeah. Uh, a, a, a distinct choice. We're yeah. going ballad, please. Like you could hear Roman, Roman Keaton coming in, going. Yeah. All right, there's some drums. Oh, yeah, so it's poodling along. Okay, so... I I, I like Seal's voice in this. I think he's got a good voice for a ballad. Um, he's got a nice, smooth, uh, syrupy voice for that uh, sweet sounds of a ballad. I like that. I think there's more effort of a song structure here, perhaps. Right. I don't think it's very good. And then here's the chorus. This chorus is... I think it's fucking brilliant, this chorus. I think this is a good chorus. I think it's right? fucking fantastic. But... Yeah, there's a, there's a big, stupid, cry to the heavens ballad chorus. Yeah, I I, I, I cannot take away that this is a, a decent, fucking uplifting chorus. Yeah. But it, it's not enough. For the no, rest of this not song. for you. No, it's. I see. It, it, it's. It's just. I do. This I do think. Is I do think. Dull. Oh, you know, I do think when the verses are doing their thing, and it is just sort of uh, meandering. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but it's fine. The, but then, because I really like the chorus, I'm forgiving of it because I know, in a minute, there's going to be a, a doom, 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 and into the, bam, chorus, and so I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll give you this. Here we go, second time in. Adding in some more drums. Um, I think this is... Oh, actually, this is... It's good, good, but it's not top tier, is it? I think this is excellent. I really do think this is excellent. I've had this in my head. Okay, let me skip to... That BV's nice. Yeah, it is, it is. Um... Let me skip to uh, see if I can find a bit where there's the men's choir comes in. Uh, and the folk instrumentation. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's a bit of folk instrumentation. Yeah, see, that's, again, by the time the folk instrumentation oh, comes in, I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bless Seal, he doesn't seem like he's got much of a sense of humour. No. Him, him or Trevor Horn. Right, so yeah, drops out. Yeah, big BBs, like you say. Coral back in. I like I like that drop out and come back in. It's all ridiculous. Is the thing? This is this is proper silly ballad territory, and I'm okay with that. See, I see. I just think this is overblown nonsense. This is take this bit doesn't sound good to me. I mean, I'm I will agree. This is overblown nonsense, but not in a not in a but, fun but way. You see, that's the thing. But it's I, not fun enough. It's not meatloaf. Do you know what I mean? No, it's not meatloaf. It's not Celine. No, I think there is. Uh, it's a trumpet at the end that does not need to be there. Um, for, again, maybe that's Trevor Horn going, fuck, I forgot to put the trumpet in. But, yes, it, it doesn't need to be six minutes long. Absolutely not. But, I think there's a, I think there's a terrific four and a half minute song in this. I feel much less enthusiastic about it. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's without its merits. I think as a song itself, it's not a good song. Okay, he shouldn't be doing this little scat stuff. No, stop that. 
back saying baby an awful lot. And yeah, whatever this trumpet comes in, whatever. That's gonna well, that's a shame. Right, because I'm three for four, and you're none for four. I'm, and I'm a strong number Yeah, fuck. Oh, I'm interested to see what the rest of the album holds for you then, because I wonder if we're going to swap or if we're going to go along. Right, interesting. Right, yeah, fine. Okay, so that's the end of that. Yeah. Uh, first four songs, there's only 11 songs on the album, uh, and there's only really 10 and a reprise. Yeah. Um, so, let's take our first break. Yeah. And see what else was going on in the album charts. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're looking at the week of... I've taken the first week that it was uh, number one, which was May the 29th to June the 4th of Mm -hmm. 1994. Number 10. This is the actual top 10. Number 10. New entry at number 10. And it was the highest position it ever got to is the Beastie Boys' Ill Communication. Mm. coming out in May 94. It's crazy, isn't it? Because Ooh. you kind of forget that when Ill Communication came out, they weren't a headline band anywhere. But by the time it had done its thing, mm-hmm. they were one of the biggest bands in the world Huge. again. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people were waiting for this. The fans were waiting oh, yeah, for this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it wasn't like they were on everyone's lips. But like everything just clicked culturally, didn't it? Everything that they were doing... Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they were the vanguard of everything that was fucking cool in the world, like the whole skate sure. culture thing, the whole pop culture references, the way it kind of fitted in with kind of Tarantino throwback culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more than anything, just how big they hit, just got the nail on the head with that um, Sabotage video. The sabotage, that was, I mean, that was uh, the summer I was uh, over in New York in 1994. Yeah. Watching MTV as much as I could, you yeah. you could not escape. No, no, sabotage. It was on not. all the time. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, so ill communication coming out. I mean, I'm assuming we're not going to do a special on this because it would be just too similar to the Check Your Head one. Sure. You? Um, what is your view on this in the like the overall pantheon of Beastie Boys albums, or just I, in general? I mean, depending on where you are in terms of where you get into things, I think you you can make a case for ill communication or Check Your Head being your favorite album. Sure. I think Check Your Head is a superior album. Mm-hmm. There was a a school of thought that goes, it's check your head, Paul's boutique. Then ill, ill communication, and, and I, I don't agree with that. I, I, I very, very much think ill communication very, very, very nearly as good as check your head. I see. Okay, you know, I really like the way that it's got that um, scrapbook style to it. I like the fact that you've got hardcore tracks on there. I like the fact that you've got the hip hop tracks, the instrumental funk, mm-hmm. you've got all of those, uh, and you know, it's got some of the most successful Beastie Boys songs. I mean, oh, and Jesus some of their Christ, best singles. I mean, Sure Shot for fuck's sure sake, that, amazing. That, Root Down is fantastic. Root Down, amazing. Absolutely. Like I know, I don't think we agree on this, but Sabotage, I think, is one of my favourite Beastie Boys songs. Right, yeah, I'm not, yeah. not fussed. Yeah. Flute Loop, though, as Flute you say. Loop. Flute Loop, what an amazing track yeah. that is. And there's stuff on there that I'm not even... Get it together with Q-Tip. Get it together, man. I mean, yeah. this is a brilliant album. It is a great album. And I, mean, it is. I love Heart Attack, man. That, like, that, that is fun, actually. Yeah. In terms of the hardcore tracks that they do, that yeah. is a fun one. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I dearly, 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 dearly love Ill Communication. I do remember that this was very much like the album of the summer between, you know, oh, me man, and my I mates. I listened to nothing else. Yeah. I was still skateboarding at this time. Sure. And it was just like, yeah, it was just, it, it, this record came out and I was just like, oh, this is everything Here that we I go. love. This yeah. is everything that I love. And, you know, like I got into Check Your Head after the fact, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. This was a day one. I had this on day one. Yeah. Still, my, the CD that I've got is still the CD I went into Lovely. HMV and bought uh-huh. on, the, on the first day, you know. 
I love this record. I, I, yeah. You know, there's, there's nothing you can tell. There's, no, there's nothing you you could tell me that this record is sleeping with my mum, and I'd still. Love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's number ten, and like I said, that's the highest position you got to. I had in my head, I was like, I think I got to like two or three, but it, it wasn't, you would have thought so. Yeah, it wasn't huge on release. I mean, I'm guessing Hello Nasty must have been like a one, two, or three. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it might have been a one. I think, I think, it might I think have been. Well, which means we have to do it. Yeah, because it fine. was ninety-eight. Yep. Indeed. All right, so number nine in the charts uh, is Julio Iglesias with Crazy. Oh, yeah, I listen to this one all the time. Absolutely, which I'm hoping is just him covering songs called Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's just Let let Loose. Let Loose. Patsy Klein. Yeah. Well, cra- yeah, crazy for you, strictly speaking. Oh, of course it was. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So thank you for correcting me there. Number eight, Pink Floyd, The Division Bell, which is the one we did. Number seven, Mariah Carey's Music Box, which is now like a year after release. Yeah. Still number seven in yeah. the charts. Can I just going back one second? I've just realised when we did the Division Bell episode. Yes. What a shame we didn't. You know, where we did. Well, I say we do the shit photoshops. Mm. You do the shit photoshops. Oh yeah, yeah. Occasionally, I put an idea in for yeah. one. But I wish I'd had the thought of just doing. You know, the vision from Marvel Comics. Oh right, yeah. And just his cock. Ah, uh, the vision. Vision bell. Bell, bell. I wish we'd done that. Well, there we go. Are you well, glad? Are you glad we didn't? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. Um, everyone. Who's listening? If you can just imagine that and pretend that that was up on our Twitter, yeah, yeah, or draw it in Byro. And, but yeah, and actually, yeah, just draw it, and put it on your wall. Yeah, do, yeah. <laughs> I said it to your mum for yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number six is a future sign of London with life forms. Mm-hmm. Um, number f- six in the fucking charts. What happened in there? I mean, I heard this life a lot. This, this is a, I mean, Christ, this is a record I heard at university a mm-hmm. lot. ISDN and life forms and all of this. Yeah, uh, I was never a big future sign of London person. I, well, I I was curious because I think Papua New Guinea is brilliant, mm. but that's that's what I thought Future Sound London were. But then whenever this album came out, which is obviously like three, four years after that, yeah. I'm like, oh, right, no, this is a bit w- dull, worthy, mm. you know, stroke your beard dance. Yeah. Uh, which wasn't what I, I wanted. So, no, I, I didn't get it at all. Uh, number five, Eternal Always and Forever, which we've seen. They weren't. No, that no. They, they parted ways with a member of the band almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number Liars. four, four Erasure. I say, I say, I say, which was the last episode we put out. Yeah. Number three, uh, the Cranberries. Everybody else is doing it, which we keep seeing, and we're gonna be doing in a couple of episodes' time. It's a little album that could. Yeah, I know. It just keeps on chugging along. Number two is Deacon Blues' Greatest Hits, which apparently was number one for fucking ages around this time. Just kept going back to number one. In in terms of bands whose appeal. I have never understood. Oh, I, th- I mean, the greatest hits. I don't know if I looked at if I would be surprised by how many I knew. I think they've got a couple of really good songs. A ship called Dignity. It's all right. A ship called Dignitas. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to hear that. Uh, <laughs> that's a weird owl, yeah, surely, yeah. or Compton Com- Com- the gang. Yeah, just put Farage on it. Yeah, uh, but that's number two. So that's the top ten. Uh, the other albums that I've made a note of. Frank Black released Teenager of the Year, which was his first solo mm-hmm. album, as far as I'm aware. Well, I feel like we talked about We this. talked about the single. Ah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, because we, we saw the single right. of it. And I mean, similar to what I said at that point, is that I was slightly disappointed because mm-hmm. I was expecting something Pixies-esque or potentially even more abrasive than the Pixies. Yeah. See, I, I wasn't a Pixies guy. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I love the Pixies now. Mm-hmm. I, but, you know, I, I like the Pixies now. You know, sure. I'm, not, I'm not a completist. Um, but I was close enough to a load of people who were Pixies fans yeah. that I remember the big excitement for this. And I remember broadly the reaction around being kind of, not like 
brutal disappointment, but, but a bit of kind oh. of people yeah, being like, oh, this isn't as good as we thought it would be. Well, especially after Kim Deal had done two Breeders albums. Yeah. Um, which is officially not her solo, obviously, mm-hmm. but those two, two albums are fucking fantastic. Yeah. And then you think, oh, wow, well, obviously Frank Black's album is going to be amazing too. Oh, no, this is just average. From the time I started going to kind of indie and rock nights mm-hmm. to the time I stopped, I reckon you could count on, you know, certainly both hands, possibly one hand, the amount of times the DJ didn't play Cannonball. Oh, definitely. As, yeah. soon, as, yeah, as soon as it was released... Constant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, okay, we've got The Family Cat released Magic Happens, and that's another indie band yeah. I just never I, got. I mean, I, I remember the name. I, I yeah. couldn't tell you a song. Nope. Uh, Fish released Suits. As in the jam band Fish nope. or the ex-lead singer of Marillion. Marillion. Okay. Yeah, released an album called Suits. We got to number 20 in the charts. So I, I guess <laughs> some sort of fan base. I don't know. I don't know what his... I mean, look, I mean, I've been close to the Marillion fan base. Right. right. And I like to the point where someone that I really, you know, like and respect about music, where I was being derisory mm. about Marillion, went, no, go and listen to this. Uh-huh. And I've listened to some of the later Marillion stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm not going to lie, if you like a bit of proc rock... There's some really fucking good stuff. Oh, okay. In some of those All right. I wasn't sure which way you were going to land no, on no, that. No. Right, There's some really, really, really great stuff. It's you've got to have a bit of tolerance for a bit of prog. You've yeah. got to be prepared to go. You, you can cannot dismiss Marillion as a bunch of musicians because fuck me, they're very, very. Oh, good. I'm sure. And you know, but. and you know, and I, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh, I listened to it and I, you know, I nodded it. Oh, this is very worthy. No, I, listened, not I listened to it and and I really enjoyed it. Right. I haven't become an enormous Marillion fan, but mm. if there was an opportunity, if they like, someone was like, they were, oh, the Bright Center. I've got a free tickets. You want to come tonight? I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. I'll go. Oh, really? Oh, you actually yeah, would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But well, I've no idea what Fish sounds like. I don't know if he's in that prog genre or what, whatever clue, it is he's mate. doing. Yeah, I have no idea what he does. No. Um, Galliano released The Plot Thickens, which got to number eight. I mean, Galli- Galliano were on a lot of skate videos, bizarrely. Were they? They were, yeah, like Prince of Peace and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Was that just because they were on acid jazz and there was tie something? There was, there was a, a cachet around them, wasn't it? Well, there was a cachet around acid jazz. Yeah. And, and maybe they were the only current ones at that time. I mean, they felt like also rounds, didn't they? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have them down in my head as like, oh, well, yeah, they were the kind of the, you know, let's say brand new heavies, yeah. light. La- la- landfill acid jazz. Yeah, yeah quite. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, of acid jazz light, us three released hand on the torch. Got to number fifty-seven. I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember us. What did us? What was their big? It one? was it was um, boopy doopy cantaloupe. Yeah, yeah cantaloupe. There you go. Doom, yeah. doom, 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 doom. Which I think is a great single. It's yeah. a it's a great pop hip hop single. Yeah, still really catchy. I was surprised that it got so much attention and got them so. Uh, well reviewed uh, in as much as the, the entire vaults of Blue Note were opened up to them and they were allowed to sample whatever they wanted yeah. but they thought this is the resurgent and these, these are the guys that are going to bring Blue Note back to the hip hop masses mm-hmm. and then their album did fuck all as well yeah. you know and James Bell <laughs> was on the back of there going me please me yeah. but look man oh, and I say this with all due respect to our friend Phil Lucas mm-hmm. but acid jazz <laughs> generally speaking was a genre for cunts oh I mean if you look at any, uh, you know, a photograph of the audience for acid jazz concerts in the 90s, absolutely full of twats. Yeah. Sure. Probably lovely people, but probably a load of twats. Uh, but, you yeah, know, I never, 
I don't think I ever heard the full Osteria album. I heard the next single after Cantaloupe, right. and I immediately went, oh, well, I'll just listen to Cantaloupe. Yeah. That's fine. That's enough for me. Um, the final one I've got that was released in the two weeks that I'm looking at here is 1994, two live crew with Back At Your Ass for the 9-4. Don't remember that at all. I mean... Didn't this, know they were still a thing. I mean, at, the, at this point, they'd done the thing that they were doing, which was the big kind of uh the big cases for freedom of speech they had made yes. that you know it, they were kind of almost the poster boys for that conversation and it had now moved on past sexualized lyrics into violent lyrics yeah we've had the whole cop killer thing yeah was it this year that we saw and that ict album for home invasion or was that the previous year i've, I've lose track of it because obviously brother marquise uh from two life crew is on 99 Problems. Oh, is, oh I've got 99 right. Problems, but a bit chain one. So that's, that's, that's originally right. Ice-T and Marquise's song. Is it? No, right. Yeah. Okay, fine. But who the fuck is listening to Two Live Crew in 1984? I mean, people from Miami. Yes, that's surely the only people. People that really, really like sex rhymes. Mm. Uh, and... Dancers in the skimpiest of thongs. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I doubt if you go through that album, there's a, a single that anyone remembers on it. No, I tell you what, I'm going to look up the album and let's see what the song titles are. Right. Oh, great. So we've got intro and then demo talk, uh, and then there's a skit that's just called sex dot 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 sex, which I'm sure is classic. We've got one called pussy and dick thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got We Want Some Pussy 2, um, Suck Good Dick, Suck My Dick, Fuck em Intro, then Fuck em. Yeah. Work That Pussy, Pigs Fucking, Captain Dick and Dolomite, and then, oh, there's a mega mix to finish it all off. Yeah. Right. Well, that sounds amazing. Well done, Two Live Crew. Do you remember the parody of Two Live Crew? Uh, Two Live Jews? Oh, I do. What was that on? Uh, it was uh, it was a whole album. In fact, it was a career. It was um, two guys, uh, MC Moisha and Easy Irvin. Right. right. Okay. And in theory, two old Jewish men, but obviously they were two young right. people with, with, with Jewish descent. White beard and wigs. Yeah, and their, their uh, first album was called As Kosher As They Want To Be. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they had a track on, Oi, It's So Humid. <laughs> Uh, oh, you see, already, I bet you that's better than anything on that Two Live Crew album. Shake Your Tuckus. My Tuckus, lovely. Uh, yeah, yep. Accountant Suckers. I can't fucking Yeah. <laughs> what? Look at this. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, no. Wow. Should we, uh, should we do a special on it? No. Okay. No. Fair enough. Fine. Well, on that note, let's leave the uh, the rest of the albums behind and go back into the Seal album, I guess. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good God. Okay, well, let's go back into this wonderful piece of shit then. Right, track number five. Okay, Fast Changes. All right. What's this? What is happening here with the little tabla drums and a flute? I've just written, flute, say. <laughs> we just talked about Flute Loop by the Beastie Boys, but... Good Lord, where, what, what journey is still taking us on here? So look, I've listened to this a few times. Yep. And apart from the cleanliness of the production, there's it's nothing about this recording that doesn't feel like a demo. This feels okay. like someone demoing us. This feels like someone demoing a song 
that's going to turn into something else, right? Because oh, okay. I'm all for a powerful vocalist showing restraint. I think that's a great Oh, thing, yeah, no, right? yeah, that works really well, usually. But there is a nonchalance to this delivery mm-hmm. that is just close to disinterest. You think? Oh, I think I'm not so. feeling... Okay, I see, all right. It's just like kind of rambling, kind of... Okay, what are we doing? Okay, we're just we're, we're trying something out here. On here. Oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, obviously we won't put the, we won't put this flute in the final That's version. a marker, yeah. Yeah, we, but... You know, I, I feel like, basically... I feel like there's the bones of a song here. Okay, right? right. And it's... But as a finished article, it's n- not for me. No, okay. <laughs> anyway. Still, yeah, it's, it, it doesn't have anything... And I feel, like I'm sim- I feel like I'm more sympathetic to this jazzier end of R&B. Uh-huh. But, yeah, anyway. I see. That, I think it's a very silly song, yeah. initially. I think the, the flute and the little tabla drums... Uh, you know, it's, it's almost like someone's parodying a Led Zeppelin thing where they're mm-hmm. frolicking through the, the pixie meadow. But I really like this chorus. I, I think when it gets into that, uh, the, the hook, maybe maybe it's not... A, you can't call it a chorus, but the hook that, that he just did, I think is great. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's got a hook that you yeah. can build the rest of the song around. Sure. It's that song just remains in kit form. Right. It's like, you know, if you buy an Airfix plane, mm-hmm. and someone has built the, the cockpit. Mm-hmm. Okay? But the rest of it, it is still on the spruce. Where, where's the rest? You know, I see. And look, and again, this opens out into this kind of kind of Middle Eastern production flourish. Uh, yeah, whenever it, yeah, it does, it goes a little bit mental uh, at some point. Yeah. And I kind of wish that it did more of that. I, I just wish that the, the song had led in that direction and it wasn't just another arbitrary oh let's just fucking throw this at it okay Trevor Horn why don't we you know I I see I think this swooping this do, 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 I think that's lovely that's really nice I like where he's do, going with that I love yeah, his voice on that again it's a nice bit of a song really nice it's not a song it's, it's you know there are, there are nice bits throughout this record but this one for me exemplifies just how incomplete and how cobbled together a lot of it feels. You know, there's not there's there's here we go. Fucking Yeah, here we go. Have it. Have have some of this. Yeah. So, oh, it's a bit of a yeah. A bit of an Eastern feel. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, and, and like I say, I think I would very much like if it did this for a little bit more, maybe added some more stuff in, went off on one. But it does go back to the relatively normal bit almost immediately. That's yeah. all we have of that. But you know, I, I, the, the, that hook, I think there's a lovely build in the song, and when it gets to those crescendos, I think it's lovely, really do. I, I thought maybe this one would get you because there's some stuff in there. It's like I, the, the, I, the wee drums and stuff. I think there's bit. I think there's bits here and there. It doesn't. At no point feels like a song to me. It feels like That's a de- like I say, 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 like I say. What fucking keep saying like I say, yeah. but. Like I say, it sounds like a demo. To okay, me. Uh, it's a shame. That's a shame. You know, I'm good with that, which means I am four for five. This is track number five. Mm-hmm. I'm four for five so far, and I was not expecting this at all. I was expecting to be entirely unimpressed. And I, with this. I was not expecting this at all. Listening to this album, I'm. Uh, this is, I would say, the most surprised I've been at your reaction. 
to anything. That's fair. Yeah, no, if you're if you're at the other end yeah. from where I am, I can see you, you, you yeah. wouldn't have expected that, yeah. Okay, well, that's track number five. Uh, and yeah, there's another minute of this to go, so we'll just fade this out. Uh, but it brings us on to track number six. Yeah. Which is the big one. Yeah. So let's give some let's give some context for how big this is versus the rest of it. Okay, sure. You've got your Spotify in front of you. I do. So the the second biggest song on this album is "Prayer for the Dying," which I think has something like nine million total listens. Seven eight million. Okay, seven million eight hundred thousand. Okay, seven million eight hundred thousand. Okay. Yeah, and that's the second most yeah, yeah. played. This song, which is obviously "Kiss from a Rose," "Kiss from a Rose," uh, has four hundred million. Four hundred million. Yeah, and yeah. Th- those are some fucking numbers, right? Mm. And. That's you know, crazy. Th- this is a song that everyone knows. Let's, let's stick it on and we'll chat about it. Okay, right. And so it was the second single, mm-hmm. and it was also the fourth single, yeah. because it came out, got number 20, it got re-released. Yeah. And it's strange for a song that's as ubiquitous, ubiquitous in my brain as this one. You kind of, I kind of always forget that these vaguely medieval opening mm-hmm. like kind of chamber music vocals are quite unusual mm-hmm. um, but you know look cards on the table straight away in, that, in absolute contrast to everything else I've listened to yep. I think this is a wonderfully written emotionally engaging song it's fucking great verses great choruses I I have incredibly good memories of this song do you even like from first yeah. first time you heard it yeah. 1994 yeah, you were I, like, "This is a good song." When when this when this came out, and I mean, it was probably '95 that I heard it. I probably didn't hear On it the until they re released it for the Batman Forever soundtrack. Yeah. Um, yeah, but when, when it was, was re released, it got to number four. Yeah. It was much bigger hit, and this was this was a song that was on the jukebox of the pub that I used to go and play pool with a load of my mates at. Okay, right? uh-huh. and it was quite a towny pub. It wasn't an alternative jukebox, mm-hmm. and we would go in and we would load the song the, the jukebox up with songs, and this was one of the songs that we would play all the time. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was this like prodigy, no good start the dance. Uh-huh, right, sure. There were, there were a few bits and pieces like they were they, they weren't the alternative bangers for the most part, but and I have. A, a fantastic memory of this song and I've, it's always stuck in my head I think you know like when he kicks out that vocal with the kind of the orchestration mm-hmm. sitting underneath it like it just fucking absolute goosebumps yeah I, I think this is a brilliant brilliant song and I know because I've spoken to you about this before yeah, we have that discussion. you may not necessarily feel the same way indeed well when this came out yeah. I remember it coming out and I remember hearing it and it was probably one I probably paid a bit more attention to this than I did to Prayer for the Dying mm-hmm. maybe just because it was more on the radio or something I remember this more anyway and I remember thinking it was shit yeah I remember thinking oh this is fucking ridiculous bollocks um, because it is I thought, oh, you're being deliberately weird. Mm. The the three four time, the the, the Elizabethan court fucking music. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you doing this? And I didn't think it was a good song at yeah. all. Um, and so I was I was very actively anti this song, right. anti it for a long time. And I'm not 100 percent turned around. Okay, I think this is well, apart from track number two or track three, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, this is my least favorite song so far. I mean, I know you well enough mm-hmm. that you genuinely believe that. I know you well enough mm-hmm. that that's something. If anybody else said to me, I'd be like, oh, fuck you. You're just trying <laughs> to be edgy. Oh, and, and the thing is, you know as well, I'm a stubborn idiot. And if yeah. I have something in my head, it's very hard to turn me around yeah. from it. But I have done it on um, occasion in this uh, series of yeah. podcasts. I have gone, no, I was wrong on that. 
Mm-hmm. I don't get this. I think I th- I'm I'm much more for it than I was. I'm now like, yeah, this is catchy. Of course it is. It's a very catchy song. Um, there are some lovely bits of instrumentation. His voice is very nice. Yeah. I think this is a fucking ridiculous song. I think this is one. Of, I'm gonna. I would say this is one of the 20 best pop songs of the 90s. Well, my lord, I love this. Song. Well, uh, mate, and I know I'm in the minority on this yeah. because everyone who you know replied to our Twitter stuff yeah. and everyone we've talked to about this. Oh, Kiss from a Rose, obviously. That's the fucking single. Yeah. That's the big tune. Don't get it. I just, it's, I just love, annoys me. I love the vocal delivery. Listen how much passion he's got in here. How 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 he fucking steps his phrasing in this record in ways that he just hasn't anywhere else on this fucking record. Right. This just sounds like a man that believes everything he's saying. I'll, I'll fucking listen to anything you say when you even sing though like this. it is gibberish. As I, well. I mean, look, man. I, I don't think I don't think Seal is a, is a great lyricist. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's. He's not a risibly bad lyricist, no, sure. which is why we haven't been pulling out a lot of lyrics. No, um, but he's what I would describe as a perfunctory lyricist. Okay? And the, there are some nice turns of phrase, but it, it just means nothing. Yeah. I think the, the uh, kiss from a rose on the grey yeah. doesn't mean anything. And he it, he's very upfront about it. Doesn't mean anything, and I'm not going to try and explain it. But it it doesn't need to mean anything because it's all expressed in the delivery and the phrasing of that vocal. I see. You know, that's that you hear it. You kind of it rises, it soars, gets inside your chest. I mean, it certainly makes me feel mm. some kind of way about life, and it makes me feel like I go, okay, this is a song about someone you love so intently that this is the sound that comes out of you right because you are capable of making these sounds and it's like i can it's one of those rare things where you go i wish i could express to someone that i loved that i love them like this uh, as well as that i mean right. fuck me what yeah. a gift I, that's so weird because i don't even think of it as a love song see I, that, that's how it feels me right. and you know I, I and i'm sure that you know it, I, I don't know i've never done enough research on the subject but I, i've always had this song in my heart and that is how it's made me feel no um, it, it, sure it, it's, and, it's an emotional reaction and I yeah, and it, it kind of blows my mind that it's the same guy on the rest of the fucking songs that we've listened to so far. You know that this did almost didn't make the record. Yeah, yeah, I uh, do. Yeah, the story is that um, if, if you've not heard before, listeners, um, Seal, this is one of the Seal's earliest songs. He, he, mm-hmm. Before he was even a proper musician, he wrote this back in like eighty six or eighty seven when he was just experimenting with mm-hmm. writing songs to see if he could. He almost immediately thought this is a bit rubbish. Uh, and shelved it. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to do his first album, he didn't even bring it up. He, he well, he mentioned to Trevor Horn that he had this kind of this a little bit Elizabethan song, but it's not what we want to do. Yeah. So just brushed over it. And then when they came to record the second album, Trevor Horn was like, "What's that song you were talking about before?" And Seal was very reluctant to to play it or to get it out of the the archives. But he did. And he went, "Well, this is kind of thing, but I don't think it's going to fit on this album. So mm-hmm. probably don't want it on there." Trevor Horn really liked it. Uh, I think there was a couple other people in the studio at the time listened to him and went, no, that is a good song. Mm-hmm. And so still was won over. And then, I guess, the production, they said, well, if we do this with it, and if we do all these multi-layer vocals, all the, like, there is a lot of production on this. And so oh, yeah. they, they're making it into something that I'm sure they had the bare bones of, but it, they've probably made an entirely new product from those yeah. bones. Uh, and then it's, like, 
like you say, it's gone on to be by far the most not 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 just the most successful song for him on this album, but of his entire career. Oh, this is a, and not even that. It's a song that was so popular that he was able to base a career on it. Absolutely, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, you know, because when this album came out. This wasn't the number one album in America. No. This kind of scraped top 20. Yeah, I and think. then fell right back down. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I didn't know as well um, that Kiss from a Rose was originally included in the soundtrack of Neverending Story 3. And I didn't know there was I mean, a Neverending Story I'm 3. Sure, I'm sure there's 18 VHS copies there, of it out there. Yeah, true. I mean? So uh, it, was in, it was on that, but then it was Joel Schumacher heard it um, and when he was coming to put out his Batman and Rob, or Batman Forever. Yeah. Um, he's like, can I use this? And I think it's maybe just on the credits or something. It's not yeah. like in a scene. Or maybe, I, I'm not sure. But anyway, he heard it. It went in that film, and then it got this huge new lease of life a year later. Well, that soundtrack was. You got to remember that that soundtrack was really big as well. Oh, was it, it, had, it, had, it had an exclusive U2 song. Oh, was that the whole me throw me yeah. kiss me kiss? Ah, right. Also, that, also a fucking great song. That is a good tune. Yeah. That is a really good tune. Um, all right. So, yeah, because of this new exposure, the album did go much, much bigger in the States. Yeah. It went, went up to, to number one, uh, topped the charts in August of 1995. Um, the album went back up in the UK, obviously. The single chart number four the, and re-release. And, yeah, there you go. It, that is... Now seals a fucking megastar. That is such a weird concept now as well, isn't it? Like I think that must be such a if you know of such a difficult concept to believe if you only lived in the modern era of of music. Mm-hmm. The fact that in the nineties you could get one or two fucking great songs on a soundtrack and it'd be exclusives. No, yeah, and you would sell millions of copies of that soundtrack so people could get to one or two songs. One or two, yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, and you know, and, and I bought soundtracks. Multiple times for one or two songs. Yeah, you know, fucking crow soundtracks. There was like exclusive fucking Deftones track right, on sure. there. You yeah, know? absolutely. It was one of the more cynical things that the music industry did oh, in the nineties. Yeah, but it worked for them. They knew oh, what they fuck were doing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, it, this also because it was so fucking huge. It was re released ninety five, and in the nineteen ninety six Grammys, it won record of the year yeah. for producer it won song of the year it won best male pop vocal performance and then the album was uh, nominated for the 95 grammys as album of the year mm-hmm. but it lost to tony bennett mtv unplugged fucking I, what I, and i would say fairly <laughs> but what i mean i can't even remember what i didn't make a note of what the other ones were but tony bennett mtv unplugged fucking hell yeah, grammys well. man yeah, madness. Who gives a fuck about a Grammy? Yeah. A lot um, of these critics can't even stomach me. And like, you, the, obviously, this was the big song, and I looked up some cover versions of this, and there is a really cringeworthy one by David Essex. Oh no! Right, I, I play a little bit of this. I don't it's like, hear this. Uh, it's like it's almost like he's forgotten how to sing on this. You became the light on the dark side of me. Yikes! What? Anyway, so yeah, David S. There are myriad kind of metal versions, which some of them I quite enjoy. Right. And it was honestly, uh, it wasn't. It was some of the metal versions. I went, oh yeah, this is the, the tune is is better than I'm giving it credit for because I kind of liked the ridiculous shit that someone was doing with it. Yeah. But then there's a guy, someone called Kobe Say, uh, Kobe C O B Y Say S E Y. No idea who that is. I'm sure. Someone much cooler than us will be like, oh, fucking Kobe uh, Say, of course, you know Kobe I, I don't Say. I not anyone that much cooler no, than cooler us. they're very right. But I was like, all right, who's this guy? What's his version of Kiss from a Rose like? Listen to this shit. You became 
This is a serious version. This is not a piss take. Does does it drop at any point? Nope. It does not. God, Jesus Christ. Baby. Honestly, uh, of the all the ones I listened to, I went, well, that's the worst. I'll play a bit of that. <laughs> okay. okay, well, you are finally going, here's a song on this album I like, and I'm going average at best. Yeah, we are. We are not on the same page wow. here. We want very different things from Seal. We do. Right. Okay, well, let's do track number eight. No, it's track number seven, I beg your pardon. Uh, People Asking Why. Okay. Right. We've got a bit of the Des Rays about it. Oh, we very much do. Yes, we do. So this one, Anna, we've got, got this nice bit of intro here. This is very much a song. <laughs> it's a song. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I say that from the point of view that some of my criticism is I do think some of the stuff is a little bit formless. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. Some of the other stuff. I mean... For me, this is real wine bar piano. The, wi- the interesting thing is, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't love this. No, it's, it's kind of got a bit of a. I, I don't know why. I, don't know, I, I kind of went. It kind of feels a little bit like a stripped down club nouveau, right? Oh, I see. Right, right. But I, kind of, I think I ultimately this isn't great. Yeah, but I feel warmer towards this than I do nearly everything else. On the, that on isn't the first half, Rose, yeah, yeah, because yeah. oh, it feels like it's songy. He's doing something with the vocal. He doesn't sound as disinterested. That, like, I mean, it, I can't say it's not as meandering because mm, mm. it, it is. But there's a bit more. I don't know. There's a bit more intention to it. It feels like I'm very surprised because my note on this is that Seal sounds like he cannot be arsed on this one. <laughs> and this is really dull and just worthy. This is really making me... I, this, this is so I, bizarre. I, this is making me laugh because we, we are not normally this far <laughs> no, apart. No, this is direct opposite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the bit, the, the doom, 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 I like that bit. Yeah. That's a decent little hook. Yeah. But I think this is really, uh, you know, look how fucking authentic I am. That's that sort of style. Uh, see, I, I again, right, to be clear... Mm. I don't think this is very good. Right. Right? No. But mm. I really don't like anything else on this record so far. But you, you and I like you this, this ahead of it, yeah. I see. That's wow. I mean, there's lots of key changes in this, and I enjoy that. Yeah. Because I, you know, there's nothing. There you go. There you I go. Was, I was no need for that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely none. But so fucking do it, mate. Oh, you got off on the wrong, wrong floor of the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I'm imagining. Where's my room? Imagining Seal looking round, going, "Who? What? Who did that? Who fucking? I've had to sing higher now." Yeah, this I think is dull. I don't think it's awful, but I think this is absolutely on the lower end of all of the songs for me. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, well, bizarre. Well, I mean, it's an album track, but let us let us dilly here no longer. Yeah, absolutely. And let's fine. move on to singles. Tra- yeah, the next one called. Oh yeah, no, we are we're doing the, we're doing singles now. We're aren't doing we? singles. We're doing singles, cool. right? Okay. Well, it feel, feels almost too quick to be doing. singles. I know that's the middle bit done with. Yeah. No. Okay. Let's look at see see what was going on top ten 
this week. The week of May 29th to June 4th, and we start off at number 10 is Too Unlimited with The Real Thing, which we have seen already. Yeah. And we're going to have to see a lot more of when we do the full fucking album. Is that next? Uh, yes, it is. Ah, yeah. Uh Number nine, and you're absolutely not going to be able to tell me who this is or what it's called, but I just I, I put it in just to wonder, do you remember it from the time? So let's see. Maybe skip forward a little bit. My sister went to Georgia to get away from the smog. I mean, to oh, be honest, Jesus, I, w- I would not be able to tell you who this was or what it was called either. I kind of, like... But it rings, it, it rang a bell. It's light in the dimmest of lights. Oh. Kind of in the back of your head somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. Uh, a few years ago, it would have been London Beat or Sydney Youngblood. Oh, it? absolutely, very much. That's, that's along those lines. Uh, this is Glowworm with "Carry Me Home." Yeah, they never, ever, no, exactly. Not in a million years. No, but whenever I was playing through, I went, "I remember this." Yeah, I do. Quite yeah. But no, I don't like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some '90s keys. Yeah, bullshit. All right, so yeah, that's number nine. Uh, number. Eight is C.J. Lewis with Sweets for My Sweet, which, as we've already established, is god-awful. Shout out to Stephen Hill. Uh, no, <laughs> fucking Stephen. Oh, but Stephen Hill's going to love this new one. He'll be, he'll be right up uh, immediately telling us what it is. Number seven. Ooh, baby, I love baby, you. I love you <laughs> every day. Can you remember who Whoa. did this, though? Is it Maxi Priest? No, but everyone thought it was, I think. Okay. It's one of those ones where everyone, that sounds like Maxi Priest, but it's not. Okay. So and is, that, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I don't think it's is like... It, is it Bissy McLean? No. Is it Bougie Brown? No. No. <laughs> no, it's, uh, is it a... No, it's, it's like a... It's, band, it's it? an act rather than a person. An act rather than a person? Yeah. It's not fucking UB40, is it? No, no, God. I don't know. No. Um, Big Mountain. Oh, God, no, I never got there. Big Mountain with Baby I Love Your Way, yeah. But let's be clear, it could have been anyone I said it was, apart from Buju Band. Uh, yeah, well, obviously, yeah. But no, I do remember at the time going, oh, this is very obviously um, Maxi Priest. Yeah. It sounds just like his Wild World yeah. cover. Uh, but no, this is uh, Big Mountain with their cover of Baby I Love Your Way. New entry at number seven. And that was a big song that summer. I, oh, remember, I remember that was, it was everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Uh, the rest of the top ten... I don't mind it either. If I'm oh, do you? I think it's... Oh, God, awful. Uh, no, not not for me. Um, the rest of the top ten, though, we've already seen before. So number six is Stiltskin Inside. Number five is Prodigy No Good Start the Dance. Oh, actually, well, that's a new entry, but we're going to be talking about yeah, it. Ding, 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 uh, whenever ding, we do the full meow, album. So we'll talk about that meow. then. Uh, number four is Max Getaway, which is another just cheesy dance one. Uh, number three, E17, Around the World. Number two, Man United Football Squad with Come On You Reds. And number one, as we will see for a long time, is Wet 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 with Lovers All Around. Oh, yeah. man. We, we, you know, we, we saw that in the previous episode, getting up the charts, and now it's at the top, and will be forever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, got, just, it's got its fingers in your mum's handbag, absolutely. and they will remain there for the summer. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Handbag being a euphemism. Yeah. Right. Handbag. Uh, <laughs> in other stuff that got released in the two-week period, May 29th to June 11th. So we are into, you know, start of the summer of 94. Uh, I, I put this in to see if you'd recognise who it is. Because I don't remember this. 
By the signs of it, I think our friend Darren would get this quite quickly. If I uh, know his tastes. It's got to number 24. It's ringing a bell, but not enough of one. No? Okay, let's... Let me... Oh, no, I'll see if it breaks into something now. I'll skip it forward. It's not like Roxette, is it? Is it, it Roxette? It is Roxette. Well okay. done, mate. Fucking yeah. hell. Yes, it's Roxette. It's called Crash Boom Bang, with exclamation marks after each word. Oh, do you know what that... Wasn't that an album title as well? Or, uh, or a lead single of an album? Don't know. Maybe. But, yeah, there you go. I don't remember that one bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have got there without the clue, and I kind of was like, oh, that well, kind of sounds like her. But. Well, yeah, indeed. Yeah, okay, well, no, that, that was that one. Um, this one got to number 19. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. Yeah, obviously it's Pulp. It's pulp. Can you remember what, which one it is? Um... Uh, I can't remember what that that one's called. Babies. Babies, This is Babies, yeah, Yeah. indeed. And this, you know, is similar to like what we said about Cannonball. As soon as this came out, every week, I had to play this in the indie clubs. Every week, because it was huge. I sat down or got a drink through this every week. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I've got to number 19. Uh, this one only got to number 46, and we've seen the uh, the album. We didn't do it, but we've seen the album. Just put this in for a bit of fun. Do you remember who this Sepultura. is? Sepultura. Yes, it is. Yeah. Sepultura. It's off Chaos AD. Uh, it's a... Do you remember which one it is? It's not their cover of The Hunt. It's... Um, no. No, it's... Um, it's not Biotech. It's, no. It's... Hang on. That's it, it. But it is a single. Got to number 46. Oh, what the fuck is the track called? Oh. Because it's not either of the first two. Cause it's no, not, exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's territory. territory and it's not, it's a, not Refuse Resist. And yet I'm me. Right. Inside of you. Right. Uh-huh. I just can't remember the name of the track. No, it's called Slave New World. Slave New fucking Slave World. Slave New World. Yes, yes, yes. Number 46. For fuck's sake. I don't remember that coming that, that out That's just single. gone out of my head completely. Oh, there you go. It was a bit of fun for you. This, this uh, lovely evening. You knew the song well. Oh, yes, indeed. Indeed. I'm going to be intrigued to see if you get this one. Uh, this got to number 10, it turns out. This is Guns N' Roses. It is Guns N' Roses. It's... Uh, it's it's the fucking um, the one from the the vampire film. Oh, uh, oh, I think is it? Yeah, not not no, it's not no. Was that sympathy for the devil? Oh. No, what the fuck is this? This is called. This isn't. Oh God, that's that was the late one. Oh, this okay. is called. Um, fuck, what is this called? I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. It's off the spaghetti incident. Yeah. So it's off uh, their yeah. ridiculous, stupid covers album. Covers album. If I don't have you or something like that. Since yeah. I don't have Since you. Since I don't have you. Yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, mate. Well done. I wasn't yeah. sure if you could get that one. Did, did you like the spaghetti incident at the time? I've never heard it. No. Oh, me neither. I, I, was, I was beyond by... I, I, I would have had to they buy it to far. hear it. Yeah. And I was just like... Fuck that. But what I will say is that fucking... Um, 
I, I skipped this release. I'm they don't do anything for years. But that 93 to whatever live era, mm. double double live album. All right. That's one of the best live albums. Oh, I see. I didn't know they had a album. Yeah, it's, it's a compilation. It's, yeah. oh, it's, okay. it's not like a full live album. It's takes taken from like their mo- their biggest era. Sure. And some of the stuff on that is X. It's, it's, that, that's worth having. I see. Because yeah, if you if you love those songs, and you want to hear some of them like at their peak live. That's the one. Brilliant. Yeah. Fair play. All right. Well, well done for getting that one. Since I don't have you, you anyway. But got to number ten, I guess, just off the fact that they were Guns and Roses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one got to number sixteen, and the amount of times we've talked about this band, and the fact that we're, we weren't fans, but I think you are a f- fan of this album that this one's off. And I'm not that fast. Oh yeah, it's um, yeah, it's um, it's Manic Street Preachers. Manic Street Preachers, yes, it is. And yeah, this is on Holy Bible. It is, yeah, yeah it's off Holy Bible. And I can't remember the name of the uh, It's is. called Faster. Faster, that's it. Yeah, yeah, no, Faster indeed. And am I right in saying that of all the Manic albums, this is the the yeah, one? Yeah, I mean, like, I went, I went, better than the rest. I went out with the Manic fan. Um, right, so you heard lots of that. And, that I, point. and this was the one I liked. Yeah, like Gold Against Soul, I never really mm-hmm. took to. And you know, from you know, kind of everything must go. I fucking really, really dislike that era of that band. I see. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. yeah. Fucking that. Fucking just fucking dog shit. That librarians. All right, so yeah, back on number 16. Also got to number 16, uh, Blur, released to the end, which was off the part mm-hmm. of album which you've done. Crowded House released Fingers of Love, which I, <laughs> which I do not remember, and I'm not going to play because I couldn't tell you, but it's, it's a good one for charades. <laughs> Fingers of Love. Those oh, crazy New Zealanders. Oh, you fucking yeah. idiots. Right, uh, okay. This one only got to number 31, but I, I can tell you one person who listens to the podcast who will know exactly what this is immediately. Who is that? It's Gaz from uh, True Cop Pop. I say it's either A or Symposium. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's much more obvious than that. And I remember liking this. I think Wild this is Hearts, a good... the Almighty. No. I, I like this, even though I am disparaging about this album and their output at oh, this time. Oh, fucking therapy. It's therapy, yeah, exactly. Right. This is Die Laughing. Well, and it's off trouble gum, and I think this is a decent song. I've actually, I've, 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 I've promised Stephen that I will listen to some uh, therapy and report back because okay. he's absolutely aghast that don't like it. Just, just doesn't, com- doesn't compute to him that we don't like it. And I'm like, you know what? Mate, I, I yeah. didn't listen to a lot of it. I'll get, I'll Fine. give it a go. I, I, I took against it at the time. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I, I will go back and listen to it. And I actually did go back and re-listen to a lot of Trouble Gum relatively recently, a few weeks back, because of something that Gaz and Stephen were yeah. saying. And I I was harsher on it previously than I could have been. I still don't love it. Okay. But I do go, actually, you know, there are some good songs on here. Yeah. I think most of my antipathy is because what I wanted was more of the first couple of EPs, and they went this very polished route. Yeah. So I was like, oh, come on, guys, you've lost me. And fuck it, they didn't have to do anything for me. No, they didn't. No, they should have done. In in retrospect, Mm. I I would imagine they wouldn't make any changes. No, well, that's their loss, frankly. However, if they knew that they could get me, (laughs) (laughs) all right, yeah, an actual English person, (laughs) I'm like the three fifths vote. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Uh, All right, this one. uh, 
Actually, no, there was two singles released by this band at the same time. They got to number 52 and number 63 uh, at that time. This was the one that got higher. And it was, you know, obviously, publicity stunt kind of thing. But I do like this tune. I don't think you're going to get who it is. Because it's not one of... There are, there are some singles this band did that I think you'd be like, oh, that's them. But I don't think this is one of them. No, I mean, it's, it's going to be one of those bands, isn't it? Well, you see, to me, it's not because they're slightly different. Because they came from a very shoegazy place. Um, and they, they, so they weren't immediately in that Britpop right. thing. And so I was surprised when they came out with this sort of a sound. Um, so it's not... Echo Belly, Sleeper, Elastica. Yeah. Uh, this is Lush. Yeah, okay. And so to me, Lush came from a very different starting place. Sure. Uh, but the, this is very much in that kind of more yeah, never, rocky I, territory. I've never listened to any Lush. No. Nah. Oh, well, I mean, I, I probably have because I lived in the house with Marvin, but... Sure, but yeah, and you'd know... I reckon you'd know Single Girl, and you'd, you'd know some of the, sure. the, the indie hits that they would have been playing at, uh, at discos that you were in the background of. We, have we got to the point where we're calling the clubs that we went to discos? Indie discos. Oh, yeah. Indie disco, mate. The Dust Brothers released My Mercury Mouth EP, which was their last release as the Dust Brothers yeah. before they became the Chemical Brothers. Okay. And then this one only got to number 81. <laughs> but it's a big tune. Mm-hmm. Certainly a big horn break. Oh, yeah. And to be honest... Actually, you know, I was going to say 81 is, is probably right, but no, I this should have been higher than 81. Listen up, everybody, the bottom line. I'm a black intellect, but I'm refined. Precision like Do you remember this as a single at all? I don't remember it being a single. This is, this is Midnight Marauders here. Um, it is. Um, it's, off, it's, it's off Midnight Marauders. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can't remember the name of the track. It's just called Oh My God. All right, it's go. Oh My God featuring Basta. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, this is, it's a tripod quest with Oh My God. And it's, this is a catchy thing. I forget about this one. You know, I'd, I had completely forgotten about this. Yeah. I haven't listened to Midnight Marauders in too long. I see. I, I, I've, I've got to admit, like, I, you know, I, I often profess to like Midnight Marauders, you know, nearly as much, and because I know that I kind of do, mm-hmm. but I also haven't listened to Midnight Marauders in a long, long oh, time. No, but the moment you listen to it back then, you're like, yeah, this is, I've, you know yeah. it. But when I go back to Tribe, I generally go back to Love in Theory, and that's a mistake. I should yeah. spread it out a bit more. Fair play. Okay, well, look, there's your singles. Uh, I think there's a couple of good bits in there. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. the top ten is pretty rubbish. Uh, oh, yeah. And, it, and I'm including Big Mountain in that as well. But Well, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I've got for you, so let's go do the final bits and pieces for Seal. All right, so, yeah, here's track number eight, which is called Newborn Friend. Dubious. Which is a, a, a very bizarre title. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't. Again, whenever I look at the lyrics, I don't understand why it's called Newborn Friend either. No. Well, I mean, it, it comes clear. It's a fucking stupid bit when we get to it. Uh, but yeah, no, this is bizarre. <laughs> and this was the third single. This was a single. Got to number 45 yeah, in I November mean, 94. I mean, that, and it didn't deserve to get a fucking place over that. And 45 no. is riding the coattails of a reputation. It really is. Because listen, right? Mm. I listen to a lot of kids' music, and mm. this is what it sounds like. Oh, right, what? Just bland. Dum, dum, 
This could be a song about a, a dinosaur. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, listen. The Brachiosaurus eats leaves. Oh, fuck it out. Oh, I see. Right, yeah, yeah, just, I mean, it's just... It is Lewis Gomes and Nominator pop. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've written here, like, because obviously I wrote for the last one, oh, that's a song. Yeah. I've written this one. This is also a song. Unfortunately, it's a terrible song. Yeah, I think it's this bad. Is, oh, well, at least we were... Well, at least we found we're, we're a, couple, a couple of... Uh, bad, we both think it's bad. Um... This smells like uh, they've gone, oh, fucking write a pop hit. Jesus, just put a pop song in here somewhere. And so Trevor Horde's gone, well, I've got these drums that I didn't use in 1992. Yeah. Will this do? I think this is too cluttered and confused to be any good. I don't think there's a, a tune to it. I, I think it's you know, absolute dog shit. I, I can't hum this. It's not that kind of catchy mm-hmm. bit. Um, and every, every time I kind of listen through this album, I forgot this one. Yeah. And it would come on and be like, oh, this? Oh, yeah, so whatever. You, you can imagine this being like one of the, the clubby early boys' own tracks. Yeah. Anyway. It does. It sounds like, yeah, it, it sounds like if you could you could put shit take that vocals on this and mm-hmm. be like, yeah, that, that's what they are doing at that yeah. point. Um, Deli Fideli from The Enemy, right, wrote about this. Newborn friend visits Phil Collins' Spanish villa with all manner of studio trickery by Trevor Horn. That is a complex bundle of nothingness that is unlikely to gain airplay even on Virgin FM. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, and it's just bland cack. It's balls. In in true in, in, uh, enemy fashion, I didn't know from the first paragraph whether he was going to love it or hate and, it. Absolutely, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, rubbish. And, turn it off. Let's but, listen to the, the, next track. the, the Weirdly, well, right, got, I just want to say because it's called Newborn Friend. I'm like, why is it called Newborn Friend? And the reason it's called Newborn Friend is because there's a line: "I'm just a newborn friend for the world." What? That makes no sense. Was it like a no really, is it like a born again analogy? I don't think so. Way? I think it's him just going, All right, look, I now understand how important the earth is and how we need to preserve it. I'm your friend, Earth. Fuck off, man. Oh yeah, I mean I'm Fuck off. I'll 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 second the fuck off. Yeah. But can we no, can we can we can we now make it fuck off? We can. We can indeed. So the next one's called If I Could. Not the Hundred Reasons song. Yeah. So this is track number nine, if I could. Yeah. Mm. And again. Oh, no. I feel we're back in vague demo territory here. Okay. We're stripped back to rely on a vocal performance that isn't distinct enough. Right. I I mean, hmm. Because I have a note. I think he's trying too hard to sound, on the vocals, to sound earnest. So I, I don't get that he's not trying. I think he's trying to sound like something I don't want. No, no, I, I haven't said he... I don't think he's trying. I just think it's, this vocal is not distinct enough. It's oh, all oh, right, good okay. enough vocal. Right. Yeah, no, I, to me, the second half of this album's gone to shit. Um, well, I mean, there there is what I describe as a massive guitar surprise coming up oh, in a second. Oh, no, okay, no, and this one, you're right. Um, it's, it's a very serious song... Uh, Oh, listen to these awful drums. Yeah, those drums are bad. Oh, God. It's like fucking uh, yeah, 1986 called. Yeah, Jesus. He it wants, it, wants its compressed drums back. Yeah, and it's, and, right. It's lines like, because I know that someday we're going to end our war. Like, but, mate, no, this is far too uh, serious. But, yeah, no, where is the uh, the surprise, the guitar surprise? Let me fix it. Do you know, have you got a mark for timing on it? I don't. I Let's find done. out. It's, kind of, it's soon, though. It's not long. No, it's not long. Get, get. Because uh, there's there's a guitar surprise, and there's also French horn surprise as well. 
Well, oh yeah, and I've got a note on that as well. Okay. Like, I think the weird, the weird French horn gives it this kind of oh, like, the, the guitar, guitar surprise, incongruous guitar. Yeah, and it sounds it, like it's been processed through a fucking hairdryer. Oh, very much so. But yeah, I can picture someone with a really screwed up, serious face. Is that like a fucking theremin as well? If I could. So, like, mm. I, I guess it's kind of weird noiry feel, like soul noir. Is that a thing? I don't know. If, if you want it to be, Dave. I'm going to say, right, once the female vocals kick in in this, yes. right, and there's a kind of a vaguely massive attacky bass line towards the back end of this track. All right, yeah. And I did go, like, this is there's a lot of there's a lot of bits in this that are, are all right, but just in an order that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Oh, really? Okay. So again, I feel like this is like a demo which feels like it could have turned into something else. Yeah. And you know, I, I kind of I've, again for whatever reason gave, gave this one a bit more of a pass than some of the others. Right. And I listen to it back, and I'm going, ah. Oh, it's nothing here to me. But I quite like this. I quite like that. Okay, yep. That sort of, look, he's really naked, taking that up. She's kind of sure. pinpointing it. I mean, that's and then, Joni Mitchell. Oh, is that Joni that's Mitchell? Joni Mitchell they've got on this Fuck song. Me. Uh, on such a dull song. I mean, song. they could have done a little bit more with Joni Mitchell. Couldn't they? Yeah. Why did she, what did her agent promise her? That she was like, oh, this song is going to be good in the end, is it? All right, I'll sing on this. Well, maybe they promised her a bed because famously, Joni Mitchell never lies. There you go, Joni Mitchell never lies. Um, uh, that little bass on there. Mm-hmm. No, that's all right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, take that. Out. Oh, that that's sounds nice. massive attack, though, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Very oh, yeah. fucking weird, man, this entire song. Not much of a track, though, is it? No, it really isn't. It's flimsy. Uh, the, the bits that you were talking about where they're kind of harmonising with each other, I did like that. It reminds me of the Terence Trent Darby Desiree collaboration, yeah. um, Delicate, mm-hmm. which I think is lovely. Their voice is working really nicely together. Uh, I think her voice is nice on this. I'd be pissed off, right, if I were Johnny Mitchell and I was on a Seal song. After the first album done good business, you know, we've not done Kiss and Rose yet, so you, it's unknown, but you're like, this is okay. He sticks the collaboration at track nine on essentially a ten-track album, mm-hmm. and it turns out oh, this is one of the worst songs on there. I'd be fucking fuming. I don't think it's one of the worst songs. Uh, right, I, I, I think it, I think I think it sits in a miasma of terrible songs throughout. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, let's do track number ten. This one's called "I'm Alive." I'm and alive. My note would be: tell your fucking songwriting. <laughs> Uh, this is another one where Wendy and Lisa from mm-hmm. Prince's Revolution are uh, on the writing credits. And this was a double A side on the re-release of Kiss from a Rose. But then my question is, was it really? Yeah. Does anyone remember this? I've put, this is just another dull soul demo yeah. that gently takes on a house-stroke house commercial dance elements. Mm-hmm. Just bollocks. This is absolute bollocks. This yeah. is absolute bollocks. Really bad. Um, yeah, you're right. It's uh, He's putting those process beats on again. So they, they're veering away from that, oh, take us seriously, authentic guitars, we're, we're musicians thing. Um, they're, I, I can't see that they're going for the dance bass because this is so sterile and plastic and lifeless. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's just the most generic tune possible, and Seal's vocal happens to be there. Tune, no, yeah, very it's turgid muck. This, yeah. but I, mean, I don't know if you've got anything else. To, I, I, to say about I, this. Like, I have very little will to live. No, it's fine. Point. The only thing I I did notice because you've just mentioned Massive Attack. As we get towards the end of this song, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to skip forward right to the end. There's a guitar lick in it that sounds like teardrop to okay. me. So let's get towards that. I want to hear. See, see what I mean? That's also, sounds like the start of uh, She Sells Sanctuary. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm good with both of those. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's the only thing I, I kind of by picked the, out by of the seashore. <laughs> Right, okay, so that's so, that. Well, uh, that is the, the, essentially the last real song. So the the, the, the next one We've is one more uh, thing Bring on It On Reprise. Yes. Uh, if there was ever a song that did not require a reprise. <laughs> what I will say about this, though, uh-huh. and I don't know if you've picked up on this as oh, well. no, go on. But there is a proper spin back Doctor's Dabba Dabba Doo. Oh, in absolutely, the yeah, there really shouldn't be. Re- it's, 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 it, it's so lamentably bad. Yeah, oh, it's awful. I mean, this is only a minute long, so it's, it, like you say, it's, it's a reprisal of the, the very opening track. And again, what, what do they think that I'm going to get out of doing that? Am I going to go, oh, well, that's clever. Oh, it's, it's finished where it started. Oh, it's a circle. No, what? Yeah, bullshit. There's no need for this to happen. Yeah, it's like, the thing is, I like the first song. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like yeah. We, you know, we've all heard tubular bells, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, this is bizarre. Uh, I don't know why they put it on. Whatever. This is fucking terrible. Right, and with that, it ended. There you go. That is the end of the album. Okay. Well, look. Let's. I mean, let's. Well, let's let's do some Twitter. Exactly. Let's see what other people thought. Uh, Niall from the Zeros podcast has simply put Baby which I think is maybe one of the overriding memories he has of this which would make a lot of sense Sarcastic but Fantastic says I know those songs particularly the second one thanks to a little movie called Batman Forever but absolutely nothing about the album the one I'm really looking forward to though is someone who thinks your best episodes of Unhindrance is too unlimited Roll on <laughs> yeah well yeah. Th- thank you for that mate okay. fuck you also because we'll see uh, yeah, yeah. that works out for you <laughs> yeah it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not going to be a ton of fun is it no. um, but yeah I mean all I will say, all I will say is that I feel that I'm quite unlikely to dislike that two hundred album much more than I dislike this one. Well, we shall see. We'll see. Uh, we've got Daz Greer, excellent surname. He said, uh, "If you haven't already, check out the Song Exploder uh, podcast on Kiss from a Rose." And I did. Oh. I, I did. I watched it. Um, and Good. It's very interesting. I listened to it. Didn't watch it. I listened to it. Uh, very interesting. Um, I also watched a one of those Rick Beato "Why Is This Song Great" yeah. uh, episodes on Kiss from a Rose, mm-hmm. and you know he goes into. A lot of detail about the instrumentation, the, um, the the key changes, the chords he's using, the timings he's using, all of which didn't make me go, oh, I have missed out here. I still went, yeah, okay, fine. Produced the Furion album. He did indeed, yeah. He did. He did. Uh, the, the fucking excellent Furion album, mm. I should say. All right, and Martin Roberts, uh, Wow Marts 1974, says, Adamski was amazing, Seal would be nothing! Without Nothing! <laughs> he didn't say nothing twice, but I did, yep. without Adamski. Walker Tate. Easy, Walker. Big up, Walker. He said he's looking forward to this one. I like those singles, but would never have sat down and listened to a Seal album. Me neither. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiss from Rose is the, the best thing about Batman Forever, brackets low bar, and there is a Seal Lanigan connection, but we don't need to get into that. I, actually, you know, no, so I know that Walker is a big fan of Mark Lanigan, and 
he mentioned it a few times in, in sort of mm. things we've talked about. I don't know what this what the Seal Lanigan connection is. I don't either. And I I saw this earlier, and I mm. meant to Google it in advance I mean, in I, case it's just because my brain is fucked these days, as you yeah. know. So I may have just forgotten. I mean, I do know. Um, actually, there uh, someone else uh, just today, Chris Hall, linked to. Um, an article about how Seal is a big fan of Alice in Chains. And I had seen that yeah. video. Um, there's a, a series of videos uh, that Amoeba Records, I think in LA probably, yeah. do where it's called What's In My Bag? And they allow someone to go around and pick out a load of albums. Yeah. And then they talk about them. And Seal did one. And he picked out you know a load of stuff that I would expect someone who is trying to impress and look grown up go yeah. so he's picking up stuff like neil young kate bush stevie wonder marvin gay and talking about how he's a big fan of that but he also picked up dirt by alice in chains and talked really enthusiastically about how much he fucking loves alice in chains well, how can you not fucking anyway well. oh sure but it's just it's a bizarre one he said essentially he, he when he was first moving away from england to over to america grunge was happening he was in a taxi, and uh, some band was on Pearl Jam or something, and he was like, oh, I like this sort of stuff. And the taxi driver went, have you heard Alice in Chains? Seal went, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. And the taxi driver played him, I think, Man in a Box. Yeah. And he went, this is fucking incredible. It was like the harmonies and the voices that drew yeah. him first there. But then he says the whole feel of the band, there's more of a, a sexual swagger than there is in Nirvana or Pearl Jam, for example. And he really got into that sort of thing. Yeah. He fucking loves a bit of Alice in Chains. I love Alice But I don't know what the Mark Lanigan connection is. No, I'm just having a quick Google. Maybe uh, maybe you'll write to us, Walker, and tell us. Yes, please do, Walker. <laughs> Fill us in. All right, who's next? Gaz Jones. Gaz. Big Gaz Jones uh, at True Cop Gaz of the True Cop Pop podcast. Mm-hmm. Come on, it's all about Kiss for a Rose, isn't it? Not a week goes by when it's not lodged in my brain, even now. Mad that it was only a huge hit the following year. Holy re-release, Batman. Holy re-release. Yeah, now, obviously, echoing what we've said, Kiss from a Rose was the one that everyone knew. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, even if you didn't know a single other Seal song in your life, you've heard Kiss from a Rose. Exactly. Yeah. We got Big John, the first. Uh, it says, The best gig I ever did was when I sung Kiss from a Rose at a wedding with the mighty Mayors of Miyazaki. People lost their damn minds. What wow. a tune. Big up, Big John. Big John. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, jukebox Monkey. I'd like that. Uh, That's good. Hurry up and bring your Jukebox, jukebox Monkey. monkey. <laughs> uh, Never have I done such a 180 on a song like I did with Kiss for a Rose. I thought it was drippy nonsense when it came out. I think it's an absolute tune now, Nikki. You're 100% correct, Nikki. It is an absolute tune. It sounds like I was in the same boat as you think it was drippy nonsense, but I've not done the 180. I've maybe done like a, a 30. A thir- Come on, you've done more than a 30, I don't, I, I don't think I've done you're a not, 90. You've not done a 90? I don't think I've done a 90. Well, when we've done mm-hmm. the 90s, we've that's done very true. half of it. Yeah. And then... That, that, that's it for, for Twitter. So thank you for everyone oh, who did get in contact. Cool. Um, All right, well, in that case, it's the final bit. It's, it's summing up and choosing songs. So summing up, I am genuinely surprised at how much I liked this album. I think the first half, um, or songs one to five... I think four of them are really good. So I that, do that, not. No, and you do not. That I'm surprised at how much I very much enjoyed that. Um, I think the second half is dog shit. I think when it, when you get towards the end, it's just a mess of crap. But I think the, some of those first songs are really, really good. You Are you just the one? There are moments on other bits and pieces. Yeah. 
Uh, but I think yeah, I think this is very much a one track album, and the rest of it is fucking different types of dog toffee. Right. Well, this is going to be tough then. Yeah, because that's the one you don't particularly like. Yeah. So, right, what do we do then? Do <sighs> we say... Oh, so what we're doing here is we're choosing a song or songs to put onto our ongoing playlist, and it has to be songs that we both agree on, um, that uh, minimum of one, maximum of three. Yeah, so for me, yep. straight away, I'd be like, this is a one-song album. Mm-hmm. You're, I mean, you like I, half of it. Oh, indeed, I could put three songs on easily. Okay. But none of those three songs you liked at all. Well, so I, I, I'm the only reasonable compromise then mm-hmm. is to go, it's a two-track album, you pick one, you three pick one, and I'll pick Piss from a Rose. Oh, I see. That's, that the, is, that's the only reasonable that is, compromise. That is a reasonable one, because I was going to... I was thinking we might have to do one, and it wouldn't be one that either of us particularly liked. Mm. We'd have to meet in the middle somewhere. But no, if you want to do that... Yeah. No, I, I think that's the, that's the only way we can do it, because okay. I, I feel strongly enough about Kiss from a Rose yep. that, uh, that if it was not represented on here it would not represent my opinion of this album Fine. so i would rather go this is a this is a two song album mm-hmm. uh and you know just be like okay here's one that you like here's one that i like mm-hmm. which is okay you know. right. okay so we'll do kiss and rose okay so i'm between bring it on prayer for the dying don't cry and fast changes i mean it, can't, it is a dick move to go for prayer for the dying because it's the other single but it's probably my favourite one of those. Is there one that I think is more representative? I mean, I could go with Don't Cry for a Massive Ballad, but I, even I admit that's a very silly song. It's probably going to have to be Prayer for the Dying then. Because I did, I really like that. I really like that, and I do not particularly like Kiss from Rose. So, okay, we'll do those. There we are. Done. What a, Bingo. What a, and that was an interesting episode, I would Genuinely say. Genuinely surprised at how that turned yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You know, really but, you know, am. As always, the opinions are... Correct. Are genuine, you know. Just, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what they are. And as I say, one of us has to be wrong, and you can uh-huh. be that person. Thanks. But yeah. Anyway, guys, we'll be back next week with Two Unlimited, where I'm sure we will be equally as divided. Yeah, my God. Chris is going to really gonna... be into it. Of course, I am. Look at me. <laughs> so, uh, cheers, okay. tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCLMusicPodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>